Good morning, and welcome to the 27th year of the Three Tailgaters Show on 106.1 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgaters Show is presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. The Three Tailgaters Show is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics and by Francesca's by Katie's in New Orleans, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. The Three Tailgaters are also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln, by LifeGate Church in Metairie, by Bergeron Automotive in Metairie, by Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area, John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge, Life Resources Ministries, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, and by Premier Automotive. Promotional consideration is provided by Venezia Restaurant on North Carrollton Avenue, Two Tony's Restaurant at West End, Perrin's Restaurant in Harahan. Reginelli's Pizzeria, with locations throughout the metro area. Ye Olde College Inn on Carrollton Avenue. Messina's at the Terminal and Runway Cafe at Lakefront Airport. By Copeland's of New Orleans and Kenner at the Esplanade Mall. Desi Vegas Seafood and Steakhouse in Metairie. Chateau Cafe, with locations in New Orleans and Kenner. Moe's Pizza in West Wego. Hooters Restaurants in Metairie and Gretna. Geo's Pizza and Spaghetti House in Metairie. Hobnobber Cafe in Metairie. Fat Boys Pizza on Metairie Road, by Mike Sirio's Pull Boys and Deli on St. Charles Avenue, by That's Amore Pizzeria in Metairie, Bears Pull Boys on Causeway Boulevard at Metairie Road, Fury's Restaurant on Martin Berman in Metairie, and by Manning's Restaurant at Harris Casino on Fulton Street. Now here are your hosts of the Three Tailgaters Show, Ed Daniels, Sports Director of WGNO and WNOL, CrescentCitySports.com, and the Clarion Herald, and Cumulus Radio New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good morning, and welcome to another edition of The Three Tailgaters Show here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061.com. Our tune-in app available anywhere in the world for you to listen in via iHeart. And, of course, you can also get us via Alexa at home. If you can't get us on radio at home, that's the way to do it. Just tell her to play WRKN or play Nash Icon, 106.1 FM. You can catch our podcast following each show through CrescentCitySports.com. Just go to the top of the page and click on More and then click on Podcast to do so. You can also email us, Ken at CrescentCitySports.com, Ed at WGNO.com. Or call the show at 504-260-1061. That's 504-260-1061. Ed and I will be here for the first hour. Lenny Van Gilder of CrescentCitySports.com takes over in the second hour. He'll have Ross Jackson of CrescentCitySports.com, among others, as his guest to talk Saints. So the Saints talk will be primarily in the next hour. Many other topics to talk about with my good and great friend and partner, Ed Daniels of WGNO of CrescentCitySports.com, the Clarion Herald, and 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. Ed, good morning to you. Kenneth, how are you? Doing fine. Doing fine. Well, of course, we're both uh, on assignment right now, and we both were in baseball heaven last night, regardless of outcomes. It's still a a fantastic place to visit and a great place to watch a game and just a great experience overall. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a fun time, Kenny. And, um, you know, it's just a beautiful ballpark and it's just a great, great place to watch a game. It's a great experience to, um, to just be around. And the most important thing that happened last night is that 
uh, Kate Marie got to take her picture with Fred Bird. That, and of course, that, was it. No question about and it. And once, once that happened, then my obligations for the evening were fulfilled. But, you know, we have a, a two-and-a-half-year-old who spotted the bird on the field before the game, and that's all she wanted to talk about was the bird. Well, thank goodness uh, he came up to the uh, seats where we were, and she went to see him, and she got her picture taken with him, and she just absolutely loved it. So I'm good. Perfect. Now about the team, that's another story. Starting four rookies in a lineup, you, you got no chance against a potential Cy Young Award winner. And that was pretty much what we saw. But I guess the story to that game, as much as that was, and bomb hitting two home runs, was a 40-year-old pitching his heart out, just giving that team a complete game and couldn't ask mm -hmm. for anything more from Adam Wainwright. I just marvel nope. at what he's able to do at his age. Yeah, and I think he's going to pitch next year, Kenny. I really well, do. If he, let me say something. If he keeps throwing the ball the way he's throwing it and proving mm -hmm. what he can do, mm -hmm. unlike Pujols and Molina, he's got gas mm -hmm. in the tank. I, I would absolutely consider coming mm -hmm. back. You know, and here's, here's the thing about Wainwright, too, and I don't know if this matters to him or not, but before this last stretch where he's pitched outstanding in the last two or three years, he was a Cardinal Hall of Famer. I think he's in the conversation now for sure to be a baseball Hall of Famer because of what he's done at such an advanced age. Uh, I, I really think that he's got to be in that conversation. I think the metrics are there. 200 wins would be important. Winning two World Series is important. One of those, of course, you've got the final out in 2006. He's been part of perennial winning teams. And he's well-liked. And you can't bury that, that maybe that's part of the lead because he's so well-liked and respected by everyone, including his... Mm. His teammates, the opponents, the umpires, everybody, and I think that mm -hmm. does play into it as well. Yeah. Well, look, it's it's, you know, if if you're a guy like Steve Carlton, who we're all familiar with, the the only way you are getting in is because you, you had such a uh, a prickly personality. The only way you were getting in is if you had the numbers. Yeah. Uh, if it was close, you probably weren't getting in. But I don't think that's the case with Wainwright. Universally respected, and again. Uh, if he comes back next year, I don't, I don't see any reason why he should retire. His fastball, he can still get, he can still get to 90-91, but that curveball uh, is incredible in the location. You know, he got behind Baum last night on the first home run, 2-0, two, and he put one up in his eyes, and he hit it to center field on a, on a, on a fastball. But look, when you, when you give your team two runs over nine innings, I mean, that's, that's Sandy Alcantara kind of work. And when you do that, you give your team a chance to win, and they just couldn't generate any offense. Well, they can't Still a win great games. night, though. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, great night. You can't win games for the guy. The guy's 6-7, and seven, and he's got right. a 3.15 earned run average. So, Correct. I mean, he's yeah. pitched extremely well, and they can't win games for him because they can't score runs. Can't score runs, He takes every yeah. start. He takes every start. He doesn't miss. In fact, he, right. leads, he leads the National League in starts right now with 17 takes the right. ball every fifth day and just gets it done. And when you look at his career, I mentioned the two World Series championships. And let's see, Cy Young Award, he was third in the voting twice, second in the voting twice as well. So he's been at that level, although he's never won it. He's been that good, and he's won 190 games in his career with a 3.34 and run average. So I think the 
I think the metrics are there. To get to 200 would be magical. I think that would put him over the top, but I think he, he needs another year to do that because I don't think he can get 10 wins the rest of this season. Sure, sure. Well, you know what? Hey, I, I would hope that he would come back next year, and, you know, if he doesn't, well, understand. But, I mean, he's, what he's done is, is truly amazing. Well, this past week we concluded our inaugural Crescent City Sports Prep Summer League, and it turned out to be a big success with 16 teams and couldn't have had a better ending. Uh, just a dramatic championship game, which we had live on Crescent City Sports on Thursday night. And in that game, Jesuit-based Ratif Oil outlasted John Curtis Christian-based River Ridge's Patriots by the score of 8-7 to seven in nine innings for the championship. You can go back and watch the game at Crescent City Sports com everybody that participated really happy with it and it's something that clearly has has longevity and legs attached to it and we're very happy to be part of that and of course you've got the american legion state championship coming up next week that's in gonzalez people have asked all about it there there are only seven teams seven teams total in the entire state that's it unfortunately uh, jesuit has entered its team retief oil even though they played just one legion game this season and Gibbs Construction is the primary team locally, and they're the number one seed. They get a bye of the seven teams in the opening round, Danny Reams' team, and they'll, they'll have a real shot at it, again, playing in Gonzalez. All the other teams in it are independent teams, which means they consist of players from multiple schools. Jesuit would be the only exception as a school team that's still playing. The independent route for whatever future Legion has, and I hope it has a future, and I know you do too, uh, the future is clearly the independence. I mean, that's that's the way it is nationally, and that's the way it is now in Louisiana with the little participation there is. Yep. Well, I, I mean, you know, it's it's um, you know, this is something that I think has been brewing for a while, and um, you know, I think one of the problems, I don't I don't want to say a problem, but one of the issues with the Legion season is how long it goes, and I I think that coaches are are looking for a little bit of an off season. And frankly, I think the players and the parents are too. And, um, you know, look, I understand you all, travel ball and a lot of people want to play that and I get it. But I, I think at some point, you know, in, in, in early to mid July for about a month or so before uh, f football practice starts, I mean, I, I, I think everybody needs a break, don't you? Well, I think that's part of it, sure. <clears throat> you know, there are many, uh, many things that go along with this. That's part of it. So is the fact that some of these players also play for travel ball teams, or in the case of Rhett Santani, plays for Rummel's Summer League team and Crescent City Sports Summer League, but he also plays for Gibbs Construction. So it gives them a chance to do multiple things, to fulfill what they want to do and to get seen, but it also allows them, as you mentioned, uh, we... we constructed our league the way we did intentionally so that it's over with in early July, which allows them to have a summer, which allows them to have a month or so or even a little bit more than a month before school starts again and have a little bit of downtime to enjoy yourself. It's not 12 months a year. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I, I just think that, you know, too much of something is just, is just, you know, it's just not good. And I think it's important to, um, to be able to uh, to have a little bit of a break, and um, you know, I don't I don't know what what's happened with the whole Legion thing. Uh, you would probably know more than I do, but uh, I think that um, you know the the length of the season I think was one of the issues. 
Well, yeah, that is, and, and the fact that Travel Ball and Showcases took the starch out of it and had people going to participate in those entities, which Legion obviously conflicted with and didn't allow that opportunity to exist, so they've made that choice. And in most cases, it's players and parents that want their young men to be seen. And they think that the way to accomplish that is with those other entities. So that's all part of it. And look, the one thing I will say about it is that you can coexist. You have to work together. And I think the what I mentioned about the young man from Rummel and with Gibbs Construction, that's called working together. Uh, during the week, the young man plays for his school. And on weekends, for three days, he can play anywhere else he wants. And in this case, he plays for the independent legion team which they never get in the way of the school team so that that works well but i think entities have to work together another example would be brother martin where jeff lupo has his program uh, merged with or married to the louisiana knights and therefore they're part of that organization and play under that umbrella during the summer but they still played some crescent city sports prep summer league games so so there's a few ways to do it but ultimately it's like everything else we talk about all the time people have to be willing to work together uh, to make it work and it can so uh, that's my take on the whole baseball situation surrounding the summer got an email into the inbox about seven on seven do you think that's a sport and why pay attention to it well the answer is uh, do you consider it a sport it's competition it's practice okay that's what it is it's practice and do you think it's worth coverage? Well, the answer to that is uh, that that's that's dependent upon what you, you know, what you think is important in that day. And I'll give you a perfect example. If it's a slow news day, if there's not anything out there from our perspective, then certainly there's something like that that's worth covering. And I'm maybe maybe the question that, that came in here from Rob is all about the fact that you've covered it on your television shows and such. And if that's the case, and I don't know that because he didn't say that. But if that's the case, the answer is because it was deemed to be newsworthy on that particular day. The other angle to that is simple, and that is that if there's a player or two involved in that seven-on-seven seven that are high-profile, well, the public typically is interested in high-profile players. So I think that's applicable, too. But make no mistake about it. It's practice. It's not tackle football, and it's not part of what the schools do in real competition actually playing for something that's sanctioned. So... I think that's the best answer I can give to it, Ed. Yeah, I mean, look, I, you know, we cover seven on seven because it's, it's, um, it's summer high school football, and the one thing we can do is, is that, you know, we're in television. We can get some video, yeah, for some things that we need, and we can also do high school football previews. Uh, for instance, you know, yep. Richie went to the seven on seven at East St. John on right. Wednesday morning, that was scheduled for St. Charles Catholic. Well, guess what? You know, we were, we, he was able to talk to three or four coaches. There you go. Well, that's three or four coaches in one spot. We can turn Perfect. that around and do previews on all these clubs, and that's what we're looking for. Perfect, yes. And we do previews every day at CrescentCitySports.com. But sure, the availability is there to be able to do that. And by the way, when you guys are out there, there's a great story there because Dagan Bruno uh, throwing seven on seven that morning and then that afternoon pitching River Ridge into the championship game in our Crescent City Sports Prep Summer League and interviewed him about it afterwards, about the difference in throwing a football in the morning and a baseball in the afternoon. And 
And he talked about how much he loves both sports and just wants to participate. There's the ultimate high school experience there. Yeah. I mean, you know, look, it's, it's a great thing. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm just, um, you know, I just feel that when it, uh, you know, change is, uh, is inevitable and um, uh, for whatever, um, you know, Legion isn't as big a factor anymore. I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, and I can remember when I was at, when I was at Channel 6 and, and Brother Martin had their great teams uh, in the 80s. Man, we covered Legion like crazy. Uh, and, you know, when they, went, when, when they went to the regionals and it went to the nationals, Jesuit, same thing. Uh, that's that's as, as far back as, you know, it's not that far ago, not that long ago, no. 10, 10 years maybe. And, but, you know, that's, that's, it's kind of not the world we live in anymore. No, it's clearly different. And, and again, we still will promote and we still will report on what transpires in the Legion tournament is this coming weekend, Gonzalez, and we'll have a full preview of it and we'll cover the event as well and make sure that you're aware of what transpires as we continue to try to bring you the very best coverage we can with high school sports through CrescentCitySports.com, through Nash Icom 1061 FM and through WGNO. So your opportunity is there. Uh, we will give you everything we possibly can and certainly look forward to doing that as we wrap up discussing prep and turn our attention to Pelicans in the next segment. You got Friday night football coming up not too long from now, right? Uh, August 19th, Kenny. Yeah. Huh. yeah. August 19th. <laughs> yep, 31st season. We're looking forward to it. We start our 28th year on September 2nd with the opening of the regular season for the original, which, of course, will be on several radio stations, including right here as the anchor. And again, six hours of coverage every Friday night. So I'm already tired thinking about it, frankly. We'll have a mm -hmm. school night every Friday night during the regular season at Francesca's with Les East, Jude Young on hand there. I'll be in the studio with our crew. And, of course, we carry that all the way through 11 o'clock each Friday night. And then on Friday nights at 11 o'clock, we carry Friday night football live here on our station on 106.1 FM. So you get six hours of full coverage. And if you can't get home yet or you're still busing home or riding home from a road game, you can listen on radio to our show, but then you can listen to Friday Night Football as well. So many opportunities to collect, gather, and accrue all the information you possibly can about prep football coming up. And that's not too far from now, as I mentioned, just thinking down the road. The other question we got, Ed, before we get to break from Brian, sent this email asking, do we know who's in what classification for this upcoming season? The answer is not yet, correct? No. There's a lot of things we don't know about the upcoming season yet, mm -hmm. including um, just how big the playoff brackets are going to be. Correct. Don't know. Don't know. Well, don't it's, know. An in, it's an interesting thought process because I'm thinking 24 would be great across the board because you get four full rounds no buys and everything else imaginable. But that all depends on who's classified where. That all depends on if select turns out to be the select that we're talking about with 205 schools. But the point uh, that the question was all about is this. We don't know who's going to be classified 5A, 4A, 3A, so forth. We don't know who's going to be classified Division One, Division Two. There's some schools that were right on the bubble in terms of that number. And based on the latest uh, 
draft or the latest decision about the select non-select changes, it's going to be a change in terms of who's classified where. And there's some mm-hmm. prominent schools that would be right on the bubble of being either one class or the other. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, and uh, look, there's a, there's a lot of schools. Um, I've, I've had coaches ask me about it this week. And, uh, and, and the answer is, I don't know. And they don't know. But I, you know, I think one of the things you get, you have to do is look, eventually this thing is going to be sorted out. And, um, you know, your schedule's made, your plan is made, you know what you're going to do. I mean, I, I don't know what else you can do, Kenny, other than just to show up and get on with it. I, I don't, I don't know if there's, if there's any, it's, it's kind of something that's out of their realm and out of their control. And you just, you just hope that there's some kind of decision on this soon because the whole state, frankly, is waiting. Yep. Just wait, and then we'll report it as soon as we get definitive word on it, and they'll go play the games. That, that's the best answer we can provide to that particular question. We appreciate the questions. Again, it's Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. If you want to email Ed, you can do so at Ed at WGNO.com. We'll take a time out here. It's 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061. When we return... We have a Wimbledon champion, another to be decided tomorrow. Do you know who that is? Are you paying attention at all? We'll get our thoughts on that. But we'll also get into the New Orleans Pelicans extensively. They open summer league play. Of course, the rumor mill out there about Kevin Durant. We'll address that. Who's on the summer league roster and so forth. All of that still to come. Glad you're with us on this Saturday morning. It's Ken and Ed. Second hour, Lenny will take over. Glad you're with us here on 106.1 FM. Nash Icon, we're on the web at NashFM1061.com. I got to tell you, the Ford F-150 and I, well, we're kind of like family. Ford's the number one selling truck in America for 42 years, and Lamarck's the number one Ford dealer. So come get your number one truck from your number one dealer, Lamarck Ford, where everybody gets remarkable deals and service. And wait till you see what we've done and still doing to the big store in Kenner. We're using local money, not Wall Street money. Visit Lamarck.com for more details. Drive safely, my friends. Number one claim based on 2018 new Ford vehicle retail sales report Memphis Region Zone E. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food in a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's has it all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Martin. Or Rome. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. Bundling home and car insurance with GEICO is so easy, your neighbors are probably already doing it. But who? They may drop little hints like... Beautiful day out. Even more beautiful since we saved by bundling our home and car insurance with GEICO. Or... Yard work is hard. Much harder than bundling with GEICO, which was easy. Or it may be even subtler, like... Speaking of burgers, we bundled our home and car insurance with GEICO and saved a bunch of money. Bundling is easy with GEICO. Just ask your neighbors. When you have trouble sleeping, it's tough. When kids have trouble sleeping... Mom, I can't sleep. Dad, just one more story? For nights like this, try Vicks Pure Z's Kids. Our great-tasting gummies are specially formulated for kids with a unique blend of botanicals and a low dose of melatonin to support their natural sleep cycle. Best of all, they're drug-free and non-habit-forming. Help your child fall asleep naturally with Pure Z's Kids Gummies. Consult with a doctor before use for ages four and up. 
At Southern Tire Auto Works, we do it all. Whether it's a simple oil change, wheel alignment, preventive maintenance, brake repair, installation of a custom exhaust or suspension system. If you need repairs on climate control systems, cooling systems, electronic or electrical systems, we are the experts. At Southern Tire Auto Works, we are truly your one-stop shop for all your automotive needs. Hickory and Airline in Mentory open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. Saturday from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m. Give us a call now at 504-737-1558 to schedule an appointment or go to southerntire.com and check out all the services we provide to our customers. Hi, this is John from the Silver Slipper Casino with a very special offer just for you this summer. Now, you play here at the Slipper any day in July, August, and September. You'll have a chance to win a 40-can soft-pack Arctic cooler at 7 p.m. every night. That's right. We're giving away this great soft-pack cooler every night for three months. So come on down to the Slipper any day this summer and get in on the fun. We're on the beach here in Hancock County. Silver Slipper Casino, we are proud to be your host on the coast. Pass a good time at the Silver Slipper. I'm getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20. So am I, because I'm at risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. I'm asking about Prevnar 20 because there's a chance pneumococcal pneumonia could put me in the hospital. Age 65 or older, you may be at increased risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, pneumococcal 20-valent conjugate vaccine, a Pfizer vaccine that can help protect against pneumococcal pneumonia in just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. The most commonly reported side effect was pain at the injection site. For additional common side effects and full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar20.com. I want to be able to keep my plans. So I'm asking my doctor about getting vaccinated with Prevnar20. Just tuning in? We're just getting started with the Three Tailgaters show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. What are you waiting for? Call 504-260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. As we continue on, on this Saturday morning, 504-260-1061, we have a Wimbledon women's champion. Just crowned a short time ago, if you've been paying attention at all or not, Elena Rabakina defeated Ons Jabour in three sets. 366262 to win the women Wimbledon final. She's the 17th seed. And Rabakina, as a result, wins her first Grand Slam title. So, have you heard of either one of these players? If you're a real tennis fan, perhaps you have. But I would probably suggest, Ed, that most people wouldn't have a clue as to who these mm-hmm. players are. No, I mean, I, th- I think the one thing that, uh, you know, America has really uh, kind of lost touch with a lot of tennis because, frankly, we don't have the uh, – it's, 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 um, it's, it's thirsty for American champions. And, um, you know, again, I go back to uh, the 80s when, you know, I would go to New York every year and try to find a way to squeeze in a day or two and, and go to the U.S. Open. And it was – you know, Chris Everett, and it was Martina Navratilova, and it was Jennifer Capriotti, and I could go down the list. I mean, it was Jimmy Connors, it was John McEnroe. I mean, it was, you know, we, we had such a, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, representation at the top of the game by our country, and we just don't have that anymore. 
And, you know, I, and I think also what's happening is, is that, you know, Federer is done just about and, and Nadal is close and, and Djokovic has got to be within a few years of that, I would think. So, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to lose that, the, um, those guys, but gee whiz, I remember when, when, when all of those great Americans were playing and Davis cup was gigantic. Remember? Yeah. Yeah, you know, look, I don't, I don't know when's when's the last time we had a uh, a gigantic Davis Cup match involving the United States that you could remember, and we both follow it. And the answer is, I don't know. I, I'm just being, you know, I, I'm just telling you what I what I think. And um, you know, when you would go to the Open in New York, there was a buzz in the air because. You know, Connors was playing and McEnroe was playing. You know, I, got, I saw Chris Everett's last victory in competitive tennis when she played almost perfectly and beat Monica Seles on a Saturday and then lost to Zena Garrison. There's another one. Zena Garrison was a great mm -hmm. player. So was Laurie McNeil. Laurie McNeil was outstanding. And, um, you know, we don't, we don't have that, that American depth in the game anymore. And, um, and I think it's definitely hurt the profile of, of tennis in America. And I'd like to know what the ratings are this morning. I know it's, I know it's Wimbledon on a Saturday, but I would, I, I would guess that the ratings in the United States are probably not going to be that good. No, uh, the old days of NBC are well, long gone. It's now on ESPN. The men's championship tomorrow, Novak Djokovic against Nick Kyrgios. Kyrgios has potential charges looming against him. He's been fined in this tournament. He's the ultimate bad boy of tennis now. And then there's Djokovic, and he's looking for history because when you look at the number of Grand Slam victories in the history of men's tennis, Rafael Nadal with his win earlier this year, two wins earlier this year, has 22. Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic each have 20. So as we talk about whether or not people are paying attention, or even mm -hmm. care about it at this point in the United States, the greatest era of men's tennis, you can make the argument clearly, is now because you've had three of the greatest champions ever, uh, mm -hmm. maybe the three biggest champions ever, playing in the same era. And mm -hmm. Nadal, Federer, and Djokovic. Well, mm -hmm. to me, Djokovic has the best all-around game. I think he's the best that's ever played, just watching him. I mean, the guy's just, you know, whether you like him or dislike him, he's an incredible player. Nadal's mm -hmm. got the greatest will He's a tremendous player. He's got the greatest will, and he's the toughest guy I've ever seen. And he made a run of the semifinals, and Wimbledon had to pull out due to injury. And Federer was the ultimate tactician and, and uh, just, you know, played a beautiful game. Mm -hmm. It's just that Djokovic, at a younger age, was a little bit better than him uh, and played a similar game except played it a little bit better. So, to me, Djokovic is the most talented. Uh, he can get to that number of Nadal. If he wins this one and then has a shot at the U.S. Open, remember he couldn't play mm -hmm. earlier this year in Australia. They wouldn't let him. So this is interesting, and he's got Kyrgios. And, you know, whether you like Kyrgios or not, and I mean, he, he offends a lot of people. Like I say, he's got potential charges coming, but he attracts attention because he's, he's today's mm -hmm. bad boy of tennis. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, look, he's a, he's a guy who has enormous skill. There's no doubt about that. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as, I mean, he hit some shots that are just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got great hand-eye coordination, and he's an awfully big fella, and he can move, and he he just hit bombs. He can, he can just he can run people off the court when he's when he's going well. So um, there's not much subtlety in his game, but it doesn't really need to be. 
I, you know, Kenny, I understand that a lot of people would say that Djokovic and Federer and Nadal are, are, you know, I mean, these are the three of the greatest champions of all time, and I get it. But I also think that the competition now um, is maybe not as good as it was in the 80s at the top of the game. And here's why I say that. I'm, I'm looking in the 80s when McEnroe and Connors were, were in their heyday, and Jimmy Connors really was in the 70s. He was, he was winning a lot of matches. But I'm looking at some of the other players that were in the draw every week, you know, and, and were in the majors. Yvonne Lendl. It took him a long time before he finally broke through because he was up against great players. Bjorn Borg, Stefan Edberg, Mats Vlander. I mean, you could, you could go down the list. I mean, there, there, were, there were about six or seven guys in every tournament that you knew had a great chance to win the championship or at least get to the final. And, and I think the, the men's game right now, frankly, with those guys is, is not as good, uh, you know, at the top. I mean, who, other than those three, who do we have? Z Zverev? Um, Daniil Medvedev, but he can't. Medvedev, he yeah. He wouldn't let him play at Wimbledon. Wouldn't let him play at Wimbledon. I mean, you know, look, I'm, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just a, maybe I'm just an old, uh, old geezer who, who remembers the old days. But I, it's going to be hard for the game of tennis to replicate what what happened in the '80s, especially in a place like New York. And I, I go, there's another one, Boris Becker. Uh, there's there's another great champion that that was that was uh, part of that that group that could win on just about any you know any surface and at any time um, you know and I think there's another thing that you brought up is I think it's an excellent point look the 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 matches are not on over the air television anymore yes and and that is to me a mistake and you know I think it's been a mistake for college football to not have the Orange Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl, uh, the Cotton Bowl, the, the games that were traditionally great games and were free on over-the-air television, I think it's a mistake not to have those games on over-the-air television. Well, I think you can take it a step further. I think that there's a very good analogy here in terms of the importance and in terms of the exposure and in terms of the popularity of these particular entities and I would compare to the sport of tennis which was on NBC all those years the big tournament and the sport of bowling which was on ABC for all those years with the pro bowlers tour and a precipitous drop-off in interest exposure uh, and overall perception has existed I think mm -hmm. with bowling without a doubt since it left ABC and I think the same can be said of tennis to a lesser degree, but as time goes on, more and more, because I think that's accurate about mm -hmm. over the air. What that means when you say over the air television, you can get it mm -hmm. anytime, mm -hmm. anywhere, mm -hmm. anyhow. Uh, cable, no cable, satellite, mm -hmm. no satellite, antenna, whatever the case may be, you can get that. The accessibility is far. Yeah, you can you can you can get it on your greater. you can get it on your phone without being charged a uh, right. Without being charged the fee, and look, uh, I, I, you know, look, and and the disclaimer here is is that I work for an over-the-air television station, yes. but I see the numbers like when we now ABC has four or five Monday night games every year, mm -hmm. 
and the numbers are still outstanding. Now, there are still a lot of people watching on cable on ESPN, but I think if the games are all on ABC, the numbers would be even higher. And the one thing that I think the NFL has been smart about is, you know, they've, they've dipped their toe into the cable and the, and the um, like the Amazon Prime game on Thursday. Mm-hmm. All right? I, you know, I, I get all of that. But the bottom line is, is on Sunday, when their product uh, on Sunday is, is in the, fixed in the minds of America, they're on Fox, they're on NBC, they're on CBS, and I don't, I don't think it's any surprise that the Sunday night game on over-the-air television has far overtaken the Monday night game, which is on... Uh, predominantly cable. I don't think that's an accident, uh, and I, I still believe in it, and I think that the over-the-air over, over the air TV um, is important. And look, the one thing that the SEC is doing, to their credit, in their deal with ESPN and ABC in 2024, they're going to put two games on a Saturday on ABC, mm-hmm. on over-the-air television. And, Kenny, you know those games are going to be good games. Surely. They're not going to be dog games. They're not going to be the second tier of the Southeastern Conference. They're going to put their primary games on ABC, and I think that's smart. And, you know, but the, the, the problem is, and I don't know if it's a problem, but the issue is, is, that, is that ESPN controls college football. ESPN and Fox. Fox is the one who set USC and UCLA up with the Big Ten because they want to enhance their TV package. I mean, ESPN owns bowl games. How can you say they're not an influencer? They're a giant influencer mm-hmm. in the college game. And in my opinion, not always for good. And I know it's, you know, you, you're not supposed to talk about Mount Olympus, but, but that's a fact. And it's not good when, when you have this kind of control by one entity. And um, to me, the bowl games would be much better on over-the-air television, the numbers would be better, and I would have a hard time having anyone convince me of, of that. 504-260-1061, before we get to break, Mr. Greeny has joined us. Mr. Greeny, what's on your mind this morning? Good morning. Hey, Kenny. Hey, Ed. It's burned up hot. But what's missing? I'm going to interject on what you're saying. We're going to talk about baseball. It's three years since the minor league baseball has left New Orleans and been back. You know what? There's uh, five teams out in California that could do free San Diego and New Orleans. But you know what? They need to get baseball back in New Orleans. And lastly, over here, like I was saying, especially you, Ed Daniels, they need to bring back bring the college national championship game over here. People got raised all kinds of hell with um, ESPN to get it over the air. The people need to push, push it to get it on the air. Thank you, Kenny. And all right. You got it. <laughs> Always fired up, right? Oh, yeah. Not unemotional, that's for sure. <laughs> all, all right. right. All right. Unemotional, for sure. Unemotional. 
We owe yeah. you a timeout, 504-260-1061. Back to talk Pelicans in a moment here on 1061 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. For 15 years, the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl has been proud to support one of the area's great traditions, high school football, and the Prep Football Player of the Week Award. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl's weekly recognition of excellence on the field of high school student athletes reflects our understanding of the importance of athletics in the development of our youth. The Prep Player of the Year will be presented the Ronald D. Gardner Award on the field at the Caesar Superdome during the 2021 RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl, Saturday night, December 18th. Tickets available now at NewOrleansBowl.com. Looking good, Mrs. Dubs. The head groundskeeper at Thad's Golf Course just retired. We need to find someone in the next two weeks. Someone with botany and management experience. He needs a replacement because the greens are already looking a little rough. Aeration, they need to know it all. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. You can schedule and conduct virtual interviews all from your employer dashboard. Earn up to $500 in sponsored job credits by interviewing on Indeed. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. Ray Maliazzi here for eBay Motors. So you have to drive 300 miles to your cousin's wedding. Okay, so it's his fourth. But you know what they say, fourth time's the charm. <laughs> well, here's the problem. Your tires are as bald as I am. But lucky for you, eBay Motors has tires for just about every make and model. Plus wheels, lug nuts, jack stands, and more. 122 million parts. Do they have tissues? Oh, good, because I'm definitely a crier. Get the right parts at the right prices. eBay Motors, let's ride. If you're injured in a car crash, never settle for less than you deserve from the insurance company. And don't settle for just any law firm. Demand Dudley DeBosier. It's always our goal to get you the maximum compensation you deserve. And with our no-fee guarantee, you pay us nothing. No fees, no costs, or expenses unless we get you money. Call now, and we'll review your case for free. That's the Dudley DeBosier difference. Call 504-444-4444. That's 504-444-4444. Chad Dudley, New Orleans. LA 2213579. Dell's Black Friday in July sale is here. Now's your chance for a refresh with savings up to $500 off select computers like the XPS and select Alienware systems, taking performance to the next level with Intel Core processors. Plus, shop special deals on top accessories. Great financing available with a Dell Preferred account and free shipping. Upgrade today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Today on Hey Culligan, better water that cares. Jane's on the line. Hey Culligan, how can I avoid using all those plastic water bottles that harm the sea turtles? Jane, our always-on drinking water system helps eliminate the equivalent of 15 billion single-use plastic bottles a year. So, you see, Culligan cares about sea turtles, too. Aw, plastic pollutes and Culligan cures. That's catchy, Jane, and totally true. I'll take it, like now. Jane, we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test with a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Hey, did you hear about the three little pigs and their houses of straw, sticks, and bricks? Well, did you know there was a fourth pig? Well, he got a metal roof from Walker Metals. So the fourth pig told the wolf, you can't get me since my roof is made of steel. So the wolf huffed and puffed and, well, the rest was history. Come by Walker Metals or call 225-791-7791 so we can explain how a metal roof can protect your home against wind, hail, fire, and save you on your rising energy bills. Stop by or call Walker Metals today. 225-791-7791. Love your new metal roof from Walker Metals. Louisiana manufactured, Louisiana proud. 
need a new roof? Walker Metals has you covered. Walker Metals is a local manufacturer of metal roofing products. You may pay a little more than shingles, but a metal roof from Walker Metals will last you your lifetime. We sell direct to residential, commercial, and contractors. Stop by or call Walker Metals today at 225-791-7791 or visit walkermetalroofing.com. You want the total sports package? Let's talk prep, college, pro, all sports, all the time. You get it all from the three tailgaters on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com with Ken and Ed. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. Other New Orleans Pelicans are getting set to open summer league play. I know a lot of people are interested in that and should be. They played at 9 p.m. this evening against the Trailblazers. The Blazers have already played a game. The Pelicans are playing their first game. And Zion Williamson officially signed his max contract extension of five years. Everything sounded good, smelled good, looked good. Summer League roster is a pretty interesting one because it includes Jose Alvarado. It includes Najee Marshall. It includes Trey Murphy the third. All part of this Summer League roster to blend in with Dyson Daniels, the number one pick, E.J. Liddell, and Carlo Matkovich, both second-round selections, are also part of this Summer League roster. So, Ed, uh, let's talk about that first uh, with regard to Zion. Uh, nothing obviously unexpected. That was news for a week. He signed the deal at a YMCA, a Dryads, in front of kids. He said all the right things. This was clearly going to happen. And we've said many, many times that nothing is forever. You don't know if he's going to be here in three years or not. Uh, this is something he was going to do. There was no question about it financially. Although I do think, uh, at least from my perspective, he's starting to come around to the way of thinking, well, I'm going to give New Orleans a shot. And, and I think that's all you can ask for. And what I mean by that is let's give it a chance. Let's see how this thing looks. Let's see how it smells. Let's see how it feels. Let's see how it works out. And I think this season is critical. And I mean critical for whether or not he's going to be here five years from now. If the Pelicans are a winning team in the playoffs and win a playoff series, at least, then I think Zion Williamson, I think the chances of him being here long term become measurably better. No guarantees, but I certainly think that that's possible. Thoughts? I agree. I'm, you know, look, and I think a lot of that, Kenny, is frankly up to him. I mean, he's got to... He's got to keep the weight off. He's got to do everything he can to get himself in shape and to be not not just a real contributor to this team, but a leader. And look, they've got three guys who can put the ball in the basket and are really outstanding scorers. And Brandon Ingram, C.J. McCollum, and Zion. If Zion gets enough touches, and he shoots 78 to 80% from the free throw line at some point in his career. He's a 30 point a game scorer and an efficient one at that, which is pretty amazing. Like I've said before, I don't ever think he's going to be a great rebounder. I think he's going to be a good rebounder. Don't ever think he's going to be a great defender, mm -hmm. but you can put the pieces around him that give them a chance. And I don't, I don't see why they can't be a top four team in the West. You? 
Well, I do see how they, they might not be, and that is because the West is so stacked. Because now the Clippers get Kawhi Leonard back, and they're lethal. And, of course, you've already got Phoenix, and you've already got the world champions in Golden State. And you've got, in addition to that, Denver gets both of its players back full-time that missed last year. And, of course, you can add to that Minnesota, who's got a Twin Towers now, and they've got a lot of talent there. And that's a pretty good-looking team. And I didn't even mention Memphis. So I would, good, say, yeah. I would say no, they're probably not a top-four team. But I think they can be a top-six team. Mm -hmm. Well, I certainly think they have that. If they're healthy, I certainly think they have that kind of possibility. And I think a lot rides on him and, and how he performs. And um, is it going to be easy? No. Is the West stacked? Yes. But look, that, that's what you have to do to win a championship. You know, you have to win some of those series. And, and you know, the one thing when people talk about, and you mentioned this in the uh, teasing the second segment, you were talking about Kevin Durant. I don't think they're trading for Kevin Durant, Kenny. And, well, you know, that was going to be the next topic. Yeah, one, one, of the things, one of the things David Griffin said the other day, and I was standing there when he said it, or sitting there, okay, is we want to see what this team can do. All right. And when he said that, my interpretation was no trade for Kevin Durant. Yeah, listen, I again, that's everybody wants to keep bringing this up. Everybody. And, and now Bleacher Report does a mock trade yesterday that's gotten a lot of attention. All this is a mock trade. It, there's no sourcing on this. It's just that's all it is. People say, well, what do you think about this potential trade? I said, well, when you say potential, where are you getting it from? Oh, Bleacher Report had it. Well, what does that mean? They're just doing a mock trade. They, they have no sourcing on the fact that something could happen. And I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying, read it for what it is. It says mock trade. That means it's a mock, nothing more. And, of course, the mock trade, to me, is way too costly. I don't care how good Kevin Durant is. I just don't think it's, it's worth it. That mock trade, by the way, included Brandon Ingram, Trey Murphy III, Dyson Daniels, and three first-round draft picks to get Kevin Durant. I wouldn't make mm -hmm. that deal. No, I wouldn't either. And look, last year, Kevin Durant had a monster year. He only played 55 games, but he was incredibly effective. 51.8 from the field, 38% three-pointers, 29.9. Mm -hmm. Average more than seven rebounds and six assists. Yeah. Spectacular numbers, all right? But he's also going to be 34 in September. And he did have a serious Achilles injury. How many more great years do you expect from Kevin Durant? And to me, um, you know, I, 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 I would like to see the Pelicans continue to build. Maybe they can add one or two more outstanding players. What... What happens if this year all of a sudden Dyson Daniels comes on and becomes an outstanding player for them at some point late in the season? I mean, it, you know, to me, they, the, the one thing they never had is they never had depth when they, were, when they were trying to become a decent team. They never had depth. As soon as they got injuries, they were done. Now, to me, they're one of the deeper teams in the NBA. You're going to have really good players who aren't, are on the bench who aren't getting a lot of minutes because they can't crack this lineup. So, um, you know, they have depth. They have the opportunity. I just want to see what they can do. 
Well, I agree with that statement, too. I agree with what David Griffin said. And Kevin Durant's a transcendent player. He's brilliant. I mean, he's tremendous. You quoted the numbers, and the guy has been mm -hmm. that throughout his career. But there's also this. Mm -hmm. 14 years of playing in this grinding league. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Plus, he missed a year with a serious Achilles injury. And, oh, by the way, over the last two years, he's played 35 and 55 games. Mm -hmm. So, And he's going into year 15 as a player. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of tread off the tire. Mm -hmm. And he's still a great player. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But if you make that deal, what are you saying? I'm trying to win it one time, basically. Mm -hmm. And then he'll be a, a guy that comes in and will be gone whenever that duration of that deal is done. Or, so I, and, and then what kind of player will he be then? I mean, you hope he's still great. LeBron James has, has defeated Father Time largely with what he's been able to accomplish. But I think you have to take these things into consideration. And on top of that, the assets that you're talking about giving up, when you think about what Brandon Ingram has become, when you think about what Trey Murphy shows he can do, and even last year when he, he didn't emerge until later, he still shot 38% from three-point range, and all, by all accounts, he'll probably be better than that. Mm -hmm. And don't know about Dyson Daniels yet. He hasn't played you know, one second in the league, but he's promising. Mm -hmm. So then you got the draft pick collateral. I'm not as largely concerned about that, although draft picks are valuable. But I'm looking at Brandon Ingram and where he's at in his career. Mm -hmm. And I love where he's at. I don't want to see that guy leave. Six years in the league, mm -hmm. he's in his mid-20s, 22.7 points per game, 5.6 mm -hmm. assists, count them, 5.6 assists per game, 5.8 rebounds per game. The one aspect of his game that you'd like to see get a little better is the three-point shooting. Right. You know, he was only 32.7% last year. That's got to be up to 35 or better. Of course, the trade-off is who's got a better mid-range game than Brandon Ingram? If anyone else is better, it doesn't take long to count the roll. You can maybe count those guys on one hand. So, And he can get his shot on anybody. And in that mid-range, he's just... Tremendous. He's become a better playmaker very clearly. And he was a much more willing defender last season under Willie Green. There's no mm -hmm. doubt in my mind about that. So people ask me about it. Yes, I think Kevin Durant's incredible. He's a, he's a transcendent talent. He's a tremendous player. Mm -hmm. But it's relative. If he hadn't had the Achilles injury, if he was 28 to 30 years old, I'd be all over this. Mm -hmm. And if you were that that piece away sure and and maybe if he did come and he stayed healthy he could be that piece right without ingram but much prefer with him if you're going to make a deal like that then certainly you don't want to give up ingram to me mm -hmm. you could give up virtually anything else on your roster and then you'd be willing to make that deal but if you could retain ingram and you've got zion williamson and you're brought in kevin durant now that's different that i would be wide open to and and, and clearly would be in favor of. You know, look, you know, Brandon Ingram is, Brandon Ingram turns 25 in September. Right. I, you know, he's got at least, to me, 10 more outstanding seasons in the NBA, or close to it, at least eight, all right? And, you know, to me, 
you know, the guy made a pledge to you. He came here, and like David Griffin said the other day, he signed a five-year contract, no option. Right. And to me, that's the kind of guy you want on your team. Now, if Kevin Durant were 28 or 29 years old, mm -hmm. well, this would be a different conversation. Without a doubt. But, it, but it's not, and that's, that's the facts. Yeah, no question about it. Last but not least here, Summer League roster, I think it's interesting to have Jose Alvarado there. I like that. You know, Najee Marshall being there as well uh, to participate. And, of course, Trey Murphy, I clearly like that and seeing him there. That's pretty interesting, yeah, because Murphy's there, Alvarado's there, but Herb Jones is not. They don't feel like they need to see Herb Jones at all in this league. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, look, I think we know what Herb Jones can do, and I, I think that Herb Jones is – he doesn't need the summer league. I think he's going to be working out in the summer, doing everything he can to improve. And, um, you know, I mean, that guy, that guy is a giant fine, uh, Kenny. He I is. mean, he's going, to, he's going to turn out to be like, I think, like Marcus Colston was for the Saints, a guy who was a really, really good performer for a long, long time. And, and really, when you talk about in the NBA, the 35th pick, that's equivalent to a late-round selection in the NFL draft, and, be, and to be able to get a guy like that, it's pretty amazing. Brilliant choice and a great future, and the Pelicans are one of those teams I think everybody's very interested in watching and seeing as to what will happen in the 2022-23 mm -hmm. season because of the possibilities, not just here but nationally. Yes, I, I agree. I think it's fantastic, and look, I, I hope that um, – I hope that uh, we have a really exciting basketball season. Mm -hmm. And and the one thing the one thing I, I hope is that all, all the all the controversy and the BS are over, and it's just time to play the game. That would be that would be refreshing, wouldn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think yeah. it will be, barring any other unforeseen developments regarding injuries. Yeah, Edward, it's been a pleasure. We've got to go uh, take care of our duties now. We have to go on assignment to take care of our respective duties, right? Well, go on assignment. I'm, right. I'm with you, my brother. All right. You got it. Now, we invite everyone to stay tuned uh, right after this brief timeout. The second hour begins of the 3 Gator Show, and Lenny Van Gilder of CrescentCitySports.com will be with you, taking over, and he'll talk a number of topics, but first off, about the Saints extensively. And he'll visit with Ross Jackson of CrescentCitySports.com, our newest contributor, among others, next hour. So stay tuned for that with Lenny as the Three Tailgater Show continues following a brief time out here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at NashFM1061.com. Hurricane victims, good news. Here's a company that can maximize your claim and make your insurance do what's right. Here's what folks had to say about them. My insurance kept changing adjusters on me. That stopped when ClearClaim got involved. Insurance told me I didn't have enough damage to meet my deductible. Then I got a clear claim and ended up getting paid more money than I thought possible. My insurance only wanted a patch in my roof instead of paying for a full roof. Clear claim told them, no way, you aren't getting away with that. I lost all hope after the hurricane until I spoke with ClearClaim. I was shocked with joy when they made my insurance pay me $92,000 more. I was worried about having to pay for a public adjuster, but after I realized how it works, it was a no-brainer. Listen, folks, you pay for insurance, then when it's time for them to pay you, they play games with your money. You've got two choices. Do nothing and get nothing, or look out for you and your family and call ClearClaim today. Even if your claim has already been paid, closed, or denied, that's fine. Even if you've already done repairs, call 504-677-8000. 
Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day, Sportsbeat is the place to watch your favorite team. Come check out all the games, including the NBA, college basketball, and baseball on 20 TVs. Open seven days, 11 a.m. to 2 a.m. Happy hour, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. Great menu featuring two, count them, two steak nights. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice filets. Friday night, 6 p.m. till $10 choice ribeyes. Private room available. Sportsbeat is located at 3330 Ridge Lake at 16th Street behind Wendy's on Causeway. Sportsbeat Pub and Cafe, home of fantastic cocktails, large beer selection, delicious food, friendly staff, and all the sports you can handle. Ken Trahan here with Scott Craig of Francesca by Katie's Deli Pizzeria, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. We both love high school sports and the St. Louis Cardinals. That's a big amen. And we both love great food and a great location. That's a bigger amen. Francesca by Katie's has it all. That includes daily specials, building your own sandwiches and pizzas, delicious burgers, scrumptious salads, and a kid's menu. Francesca by Katie's is also host of Ken Trahan's Original Prep Football Report. We love supporting our area schools. It's a shame not everybody can go to Brother Martin. Or Rommel. If you don't come, you're to blame. You'll be glad you came. Francesca by Katie's, 515 Harrison Avenue in Lakeview. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner. If you thought Diamonds Direct's values were impressive, wait till you see what we're doing next. Diamonds Direct is celebrating your golden moments with a store-wide sale, July 15th through 17th, with an extra 20% savings on virtually all diamond fashion and designer jewelry, from rings and earrings to bands and bracelets, and so much more. This is the perfect time to shop for yourself or the one you love during this three-day event. Get ready. 20% extra savings on a multi-million dollar selection of fine jewelry, July 15th through 17th at Diamonds Direct. Details and more at DiamondsDirect.com. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosier Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app, we are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. The second hour begins. It's the Three Tailgaters Show on 1061 Nash Icon, Nash FM1061.com, and at CrescentCitySports.com. Be a part of the show now. Call 504 260 1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Ken and Ed out on assignment for the second hour of our show. Money Van Gilder here in the uh, the driver's seat now. Pinch hitting, relief pitching, if you will. We're in the midst of baseball season, yeah. So it's one of one of those. I'm not sure if I'm a I'm a pitcher or a hitter in this situation. 504-260-1061. If you'd like to join in the conversation. Uh, we will take you all the way until noon, and we are pleased to be joined here to start our number two by the newest member of our team at Crescent City Sports. Been doing a lot of work uh, in the area, uh, covering Saints, covering Pelicans, a lot of great podcast stuff. Check it all out in the among the Locked On family, Locked On Saints, Locked On Pelicans. Uh, please welcome in Ross Jackson to the show. Ross, it's great to have you with us. Hey, buddy, glad to be here with you. Appreciate you having me on. Uh, looking forward to. Uh 
talk a little Saints football with you guys. Yeah, yeah, we're uh, you know we're closing in on the start of training camp. This is kind of the uh, you know this is kind of the dead part of summer. The College World Series ended. Uh, you've got nine days until. Uh, SEC media days get started. LSU bats in the leadoff spot on Monday. I know a lot of people will be interested to see what Brian Kelly has to say in Birmingham. But then the week after that, we get into Saints training camp. And obviously, I think a lot of anticipation uh, from a number of fronts, not the least of which is something you touched on in your first piece for Crescent City Sports earlier this week, and that is the return from injury uh, at quarterback of Jameis Winston and Mm -hmm. you brought up some you know some interesting analysis there and I'll I'll let you get into it a little bit but basically you've got to figure that if Jameis Winston can do in 17 games what he was able to do in seven a year ago he's going to be a great candidate for comeback player of the year among a lot of other awards so yeah uh, yeah you you take it from there yeah yeah, and absolutely. I mean, right now he's considered the odds-on favorite when it comes to that end-of-year award. But you have to imagine that Jameis, with the band of characters that he has <clears throat> now, with the return of Michael Thomas expected, with you know Jarvis Landry being added to the mix, with Chris Olave being drafted, and then, of course, even though he might miss a few games, you're still going to get the majority of your season with Alvin Kamara as well, who can help just about any quarterback out there produce. And so with all of that and with all of those pieces – the idea of him being the odds-on favorite maybe you know isn't that kind of outside of the outside of the realm of possibility, and you have to imagine too that of those weapons, you know, you look at the average of over the the average production over the last five quarterbacks that have won the award that played their entire season. You're looking at you know a completion percentage around sixty-seven <clears> percent. <throat> You're looking for around forty-six hundred yards, thirty-six touchdowns, and uh, you know less than fifteen interceptions. You add a seventeenth game to that. And if Jameis is able to do effectively what he did back in 2019, but keep the interceptions down to below, let's say, 20 or even in the low 20s, then all of a sudden, right, because you, you're, you're talking about a high-variance offense in that case, you're talking about passing for 5,000 yards, all of a sudden you've got a guy that's producing big time at the quarterback spot, which puts him up there in terms of comeback player of the year. But you also got Michael Thomas, who's in the running for comeback player of the year, and you have Chris Olave, who is one of the top names when it comes to Offensive Rookie of the Year. So you have to imagine that if James is able to put up those types of numbers, the percentages would kind of lead you to believe that Chris Olave and, and Michael Thomas, who are effectively going to be your you know X and your Z receivers, that those guys are going to get a lot of attention. And so that Comeback Player of the Year award could turn into something potentially more like an Offensive Player of the Year award or pave the way for a guy like Michael Thomas to claim that for the second time in a few seasons. Yeah, and you led me into my next question about Michael Thomas, and and ideally he returns and is the Michael Thomas that we saw in 2019 and before that. Based on the skins that Thomas has on the wall versus maybe what um, maybe what you've seen, uh, you know, at the quarterback position, does that maybe give him? an advantage, the only difference being he doesn't have the ball in his hands every play like Winston does? Yeah, I think so. I mean, certainly, you know, for the fact that he's won the award before and the fact that he is the player that he is, I think there's something there. But I think the thing when, when it comes to comeback player of the year, it's going to be taken into consideration for a guy like Jameis that won't necessarily be taken back into consideration for, you know, some of these other guys is not just last year, right? I mean, these are still human beings that are voting on this award. Jameis's comeback 
in 2022 would be one from him coming back from effectively the first six seasons of his career and mm-hmm. not being able to necessarily be the what everyone expected as the number one overall selection, not getting a championship or getting to the playoffs with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then now being in a system that supports him, being in a system that isn't asking him to take as many risks as what you know our Bruce Arians-led offense did a couple of years ago, 2019, and all of a sudden he's producing in that role and he's producing that situation, then I think that there's a large narrative to be built about Jameis Winston not only being, you know, a guy that's coming back in terms of comeback player of the year from the year before, but it's kind of a career resurrection for him. So I think that ends up being a big piece of it. Now, of course, if he has the type of production that I'm sure most Saints fans would hope that he would have and the organization hopes that he has, that maybe he enters the, the running for offensive player of the year. We know that they love for offensive player of the year and MVP to be quarterback awards. So there's a good opportunity there. And then maybe that opens the door for Michael Thomas as a, um, as a as the comeback player of the year. And, yeah, I mean, you hope that Thomas gets back to 2019-level production. Certainly it would be great to have a record-breaker back on the roster. But, really, if he comes back and yields 22% or so of your offense like he did his rookie season when he was coming in, learning the system, getting familiar with Drew Brees, learning the NFL, transitioning from college, if you get that guy who is maybe the least prepared version of Michael Thomas, um, not and not, you know, a slight to him, but just, coming in from college as a rookie, you're going to be a little bit more unprepared than you're going to be five years later, then I think that you're still in a really good place as an offense, and you know, that still puts together a really good passing attack for you in 2022. Specifically at wide receiver, not the receiving core as a whole that would lump in tight ends or backs coming out of the backfield. Is this the best group of wide receivers the Saints have ever assembled, potentially, with, with Thomas Landry and Olave being your, you know, your, your top three? I think it. I think it puts them close. It certainly puts them in the conversation right now on paper, and then they'll have the ability to be able to prove that um, in 2022 if they can earn that. But I still think you know guys like Devery Henderson, Robert Meacham, Marcus Colson, Lance Moore. You know those guys are still maybe up there in terms of having a really strong four. And I'll be honest, I think the Saints have a really strong four as well. In addition to just those three guys. Deontay Hardy or Marquez Calloway, either one of those guys should be able to step up and be a fourth option at the wide receiver position to help to maybe kind of, um, uh, kind of you know, satiate a little bit of maybe what's what you're lacking at tight end right now or, or what you're not sure of at tight end right now. And so I, I think that they, it puts them in that conversation and they'll get the opportunity to perform in 2022 and hopefully be able to take that crown if they want to. But I think there's still one out there that they're going to be uh, they're still going to be kind of at the bounce with. Really haven't, uh, we've heard some whispers about what may happen with Kamara. Uh, in in terms of, how would you expect, we're still nearly, you know, what, two and a half to three weeks from actually starting training camp here. Do you expect the Saints to do anything at running back leading into camp with the anticipation that uh, they are going to not have Alvin Kamara for several games uh, perhaps at the start of the year. Yeah, that process right now is moving so slowly, right? It's been continued twice or you know postponed twice. First, because the the, the legal counsel for Camara's team didn't even have evidence to review before the original hearing, and then it was continued a second time when they got the evidence, but not enough time between receiving the evidence and the hearing itself. So now the hearing has been pushed until August, but then we still need to figure out if that's going to trial or what's going to happen with all that. So there's still several questions to answer and, and maybe a little bit of a longer road than anticipated potentially 
at that spot. So we'll see exactly what happens there. But I think the Saints, the way that they'll, I think the way that they'll approach this is that they may not rush into signing a player unless they find somebody that can fit the role and is willing to take the pay that reflects that role because you're not looking for a lead back. You're looking for somebody that's going to take, you know, at most an average of 40% of the snaps while Alvin Kamara is out because you've still got Mark Ingram, Tony Jones Jr., Dwayne Washington, Abram Smith. But I think they'll take their time to get a look at those guys early on in camp and then maybe bring in some guys that they get a look at during during camp as well. They, they do this all the time, right? They they do these visits with linebackers and veteran running backs year in and year out. They've always done it. Shane Vereen, Devontae Freeman, um, Mike Gillisley a few years ago. They've, they've always done this. So I think that they'll continue that trend, but maybe not necessarily rush into signing anyone until maybe there's a little bit more clarity. And of course, they might know some things before we ever know some things as well. So that might end up telegraphing some of what to expect coming down the road. Certainly so. Ross Jackson. Our guest here on the Three Tailgaters Show, 504-260-1061. If you would like to join in the conversation, how much different do you expect training camp to be in terms of how it's run, in terms of kicking the tires on players, like in the, the, the case we were just talking about mm-hmm. in Dennis Allen's first year as opposed to what we have been so accustomed to seeing for you know 16 years under Sean Payton? Yeah, I think you'll still see quite a bit of it. Uh, I, you know, one of the things that Dennis Allen talked about before the season began, or, or here during the off season, is how they focused on building a roster that was going to build competition, particularly at premier positions. So you see competition now at wide receiver, right? Like, I mean, how many wide receivers are they going to keep? Five or six, and who are going to be those guys behind the big three? You see the competition being generated at cornerback opposite Marshawn Lattimore with the drafting of uh, Alante Taylor in the second round, and he'll get an opportunity potentially to compete there with Paul Sinadivo to be cornerback number two. Who's going to be the other safeties behind Marcus May, Tyron Matthew, and P.J. Williams? Like Those spots, as well as, of course, along the offensive line, they've generated a lot of competition, defensive interior as well. I mean, they've generated it all over the place. And I think that that is something that they'll continue to do throughout training camp is, you know, bring in these guys, get some visits in, get a look at some workouts for some players, and see if they're able to, A, continue to stockpile information just in case there's a need at a position for a player that they brought in at a later time, which is something that they've always done, and I think they'll they'll maintain sort of keeping the books on players, right? And then the other piece of it is generating competition and saying, okay, we want to get more competition over at this position. Tight end would be a spot that I would watch for that. Running back could turn into that spot, depending upon how quickly we learn whatever it is that we do learn about about Alvin Kamara. Defensive interior could be that spot. Linebacker could be that spot. There's a lot of opportunity uh, for the Saints to do that. So I think we'll see a lot of that as Dennis Allen's uh, M.O. for really as long as he's been even defensive coordinator when he returned as defensive coordinator and took back over in 2015. That has been, you know, a part of his M.O. is generating competition and not settling with the roster, always looking for ways to improve the roster. You think back to, the, if I remember correctly, it was the end of the 2019 season when they picked up Janoris Jenkins off of waivers, even though they had their starting corner. Janoris Jenkins was effectively, um, you know, a backup for the end of that season, and then he became their starter going into 2020, and look how good he was, right? So I think that those types of examples have been, plentiful uh, on Dennis Allen's defense and I think now with him at the helm you'll see it across the roster as well what uh, what kind of shape do you see in, in terms of these moves right now if if the opportunity presented itself to go make some type of for lack of a better term a home run move that you know might present itself via 
you know, via sign, via trade, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Are are the Saints positioned okay against against the cap to be able to do that, or does it really not matter when it comes to to Mickey Loomis and his team that they always <laughs> find a way to manage the cap? Yeah, I guess I guess there's validity in that in that for sure. But but the Saints actually are in a good place when it comes to the salary cap as well. Um, the last you know uh, NFLPA salary cap report that was given to us showed that they were around you know, a little bit over ten million dollars over the salary cap. So you look at a couple of things that have shifted and changed. It's mostly been corresponding move type things. And and Demario Davis's contract extension didn't have an impact on this year's cap very much. So with that being the case, it, it would be you know incentive driven. So it would, it would be accounted for later on in the season, not right now. So they should be right around that same spot, hovering around nine to ten million dollars available. So. They're still in a good spot to be able to, you know, pull off a move if there's, you know, a signing that they want to go out there and get. You know, they they brought in they brought in guys like Sony Michelle. They brought in guys like David Johnson, uh, uh, Joe Schulbert, the former uh, Pro Bowl linebacker. Uh, they've looked, and, and and there are certainly those players that are still out there that could do that. And you know, look, uh, the biggest equalizer across all the sports is going to be injuries. And so, if anything happens in training camp, the Saints are in a really good place, salary cap wise, to be able to go and potentially either find via trade or via free agency in, in the open market to bring somebody in that could potentially help to, uh, you know, either cover during training camp or potentially be ready for them at the beginning of the season should they be in, you know, should they find themselves in that situation. What will be the short list of things that you will be watching for when practice does begin here in late July? Yeah, I think first of all, and maybe first and foremost, it's going to be Trevor Pinning. How is he fitting in at left tackle? The battle between him and James Hurst is going to be one to watch throughout. I expect that James Hurst will very likely get the early Lions uh, share of those snaps and you know be the guy that they that they start out with. But Trevor Pinning is going to get the opportunity to kind of you know uh, progress and and claw his way up. And I think the thing that's really helpful for Trevor is that even if he's taking reps with the second team, he's still taking reps with you know, a starter quality NFL quarterback in Andy Dalton. And I think the, the signing of Andy Dalton was a really wise one by New Orleans. And so I'll be interested to see how it is that he runs uh, the offense. He did it pretty cleanly throughout OTAs and, and, and mini camps as well. And I think that that benefits these other guys that are, A, trying to show that they deserve a job throughout training camp in the preseason, also uh, helps them continue to develop, you know, as guys that are going to you know, eventually be on the roster to continue to be able to play and learn along with uh, a, a guy like Andy Dalton who can be a good mentor for them and, you know, be a quarterback that can do these things sufficiently. Um, the other thing, of course, that you're, you're going to be watching throughout is going to be that cornerback battle, what that position battle is actually going to look like opposite Marshawn Lattimore, Bradley Roby, Paulson Adivo, who was last year's starter, he got the start week one while Bradley Roby served a suspension, never relinquished it, played really, really well his rookie season. And, um, you know, it, it's effectively his spot to lose. And now Alante Taylor is in the mix there, too. So that'll be one to watch. And then for me, just because I love special teams, uh, I'll be really interested to see who they find as their gunner opposite JT Gray. You look at the Saints last year, and it was a little bit uncharacteristic of them. Um, they punted a lot because of the inefficiency that they had on third down, and particularly on the offensive side. But outside of that, they also gave up quite a bit in terms of yards per punt. They gave up more returns than they usually do, and they also gave up more yardage believe the second or in the top three in terms of yardage surrendered in the punt return game uh, in the NFL last year, which is very uncharacteristic for them. JT Gray played outstanding in that role, coming together, I believe it was 16 special team tackles, which is the most since 2013, when another uh, gunner racked up, ni- uh, racked up 19. But who's going to be the guy opposite JT Gray? And that's another spot where Alante Taylor could potentially 
succeed, you're looking at some of the undrafted free agents, like maybe a Smoke Monday, and even a guy like Bryce Thompson, who has continued to show out throughout uh, rookie minis and OTAs, he could potentially earn a spot there, too. So lots of options for them there in a very core and important part of the third phase of, uh, of the game that the Saints take very seriously. That is the kind of knowledge you get from Ross Jackson, folks. The newest member of our team at Crescent City Sports, along with some of the other things that he does. And I know one thing you brought up on social media and in your podcast this week, uh, big move in the NFC South with, with Baker Mayfield going mm-hmm. to the Carolina Panthers. And I know you kind of threw out the uh, what, what the rankings of NFC South quarterbacks should yeah, be Yeah, I stirred right the now. pot a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Those Don't they always? It's, you know, it's let's... Let's make a list. Let's rank them. Let's see what uh, right. let's see what you think about it. But uh, oh, you made the point that Jameis Winston still should be the, the number two quarterback in the NFC South, even with this move ahead of Mayfield. Talk about that, and just, just talk about some of the feedback you got from uh, from that list. Yeah, well, you know, the, the feedback came down specifically to fandom, right? Just depends upon who who uh, people were uh, a fan of in terms of the way that they uh, which team they were a fan of in terms of the way that they responded to that, but. I think the thing that you look at and, and the thing that sets uh, that sets uh, Jameis Winston aside for me and, and above Baker Mayfield for me is kind of the intangibles, right? The leadership, the fact that he's the favorite person in the room in every room that he's in, the fact that every player loves, you know, tells about how much they love playing with this guy, being in a locker room with this guy. Guys like Jarvis Landry saying that one of the reasons why they came to New Orleans, not only because he's from here, but also because of Jameis Winston. I mean, like... He was he he is a draw for free agents. He is somebody that brings you players. Justin Evans has a pre-existing relationship with uh, with uh, James Winston as well. One of the newer safeties to sign uh, to the team this offseason. And so, you know, I, I look at that part. I look at you know just having the great advantage to be able to see him during practices, see him on the sideline during games, see him during training camp. His work ethic, the way that he motivates the players around him. And I think that that sort of intangible leadership is something you want at the quarterback position. That is supposed to be your leader. That's the face of your franchise. And I think that Jameis Winston has shown a propensity to be able to do that in a more efficient manner, in a more effective manner than what we've seen from Baker Mayfield, who, you know, you've always seen the reports about how players may be a little bit unhappy with him uh, at the position, a little bit unhappy with him in the locker room and things like that and and all. And look, I'm all about Baker getting a a resurrection. I think he's a a career resurrection. I think he's a, a fun quarterback. I think he's a very good quarterback. I happen to like him a lot, but you know, when I just compare these guys side to side, statistics-wise, you kind of come up flat. You kind of come up with these two guys looking mostly the same in terms of what their careers have been so far. But, you know, I add in the intangible, I add in the human element of it all, and I think that's what helps Jameis Winston kind of take the cake for me, along with just specifically ceiling and upside as well. Ross, we appreciate the knowledge as always. can check out his stuff brand new now at CrescentCitySports.com. Tell people how else they can follow you on social media and some of the other things you have going on as well. Yeah, absolutely. You're always more than welcome to check out the podcast, which comes up every single Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcast and listener experience. You can also watch the show on YouTube as well. Just search Locked on Saints wherever you get your podcast. Uh, You can catch more writing as well over at SaintsWire.USAToday.com, and you can find all of it. Uh, all together in one place over on Twitter at Ross Jackson, NOLA, N-O-L-A. I appreciate you, bud, for having me on. Always a pleasure to be able to chop it up with you. All right. Ross Jackson, the newest member of our team at Crescent City Sports. We thank him for his time and his knowledge about Saints as we count down to the start of training camp. We've got to take a break, and we come back. A lot more to get to on this Saturday morning, the three tailgaters. Again, Ken and Ed off on assignment. Lenny Van Gilder, uh, 
in the driver's seat for the rest of the hour, and uh, we'll have more when we come back. So stay with us right here on Nash Icon 106.1 FM and at NashFM1061.com. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FREE for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's promo code FREE. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FREE for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code FREE for a $5 bonus. Baseball, basketball, soccer, tennis. No matter what your game is, defense matters. Same thing goes for COVID-19. Help protect yourself with a booster shot. Now recommended for people five years and older. Schedule an appointment as soon as you are eligible following completion of your primary series. Sponsored by Pfizer and BioNTech. At Lowe's, every pro is an MVP to us. It doesn't matter how big or small your business is. If you're a plumber, roofer, electrician, or remodeler, your business earns back when you spend, gets exclusive offers, and paint rewards. It all adds up to help drive your business. Join Lowe's MVP's Pro Rewards and Partnership Program today. Minimum purchase required. Earnings and paint rewards awarded as Lowe's e-gift cards. Exclusions, restrictions, and more terms apply. Filed through 123122. See Lowe's.com slash L pro loyalty terms. Subject to change. U.S. only. Hurricane victims. Good news. Here's a company that can maximize your claim and make your insurance do what's right. Here's what folks had to say about them. My insurance kept changing adjusters on me. That stopped when ClearClaim got involved. Insurance told me I didn't have enough damage to meet my deductible. Then I got a clear claim and ended up getting paid more money than I thought possible. My insurance only wanted a patch in my roof instead of paying for a full roof. ClearClaim told them, no way, you aren't getting away with that. I lost all hope after the hurricane until I spoke with ClearClaim. I was shocked with joy when they made my insurance pay me $92,000 more. I was worried about having to pay for a public adjuster, but after I realized how it works, it was a no-brainer. Listen, folks, you pay for insurance, then when it's time for them to pay you, they play games with your money. You've got two choices. Do nothing and get nothing, or look out for you and your family and call ClearClaim today. Even if your claim has already been paid, closed, or denied, that's fine. Even if you've already done repairs, call 504-677-8000. Your weekly forum for genuine substantive talk with a focus on facts and fact-based opinions. Time to share your passion on the Three Tailgaters Show here on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call 504-260-1061. Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels out on assignment. Lenny Van Gilder taking you the rest of the way this morning. A couple more things we want to get to. Again, we want to say thanks to Ross Jackson for his time as we delved into all things Saints, be sure again, as he mentioned, follow him on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. Uh, a couple of things I really want to get into, one of which is recruiting, because I mean it's it's early July and 
there's just been a lot of recruiting news coming out and and you look at what Brian Kelly is doing in Baton Rouge in, in particular over the last eight days I mean LSU started this month I believe with five commitments uh, yeah five commitments as of as of the end of June I guess actually they may have been six at one point because there ended up being a decommitment but you look at what Brian Kelly and his staff have done since July the 1st, and it's been pretty extraordinary, and not the least of which is the news that came down yesterday with five-star wide receiver Jalen Brown out of Gulliver Prep in Miami uh, committing yesterday afternoon to LSU. And that is now, that's the first five-star in this group that has come in. you got a whole bunch of four-stars in there that have come down, uh, They did a lot of work over the 4th of July weekend on the defensive front. Uh, Jackson Howard out of Minnesota uh, coming in. Deshaun Womack out of Maryland. Uh, Mac Markway, uh, he had previously been committed out out of Missouri, a tight end. But uh, Joshua Mickens uh, coming in out of Indianapolis. Uh, You know, you go down the line, Darren Reed out of Georgia. So, and, and this is areas that are obviously strengths for Brian Kelly and, and, and his team, you know, having spent a lot of time in the Midwest and really doing a lot of, obviously, national recruiting you know, in their days at Notre Dame. But you're, you're still getting some very you know, high-end players as a result there. Every one of those is a four-star recruit. And then uh, you, know, you add in... A couple of cornerbacks that have come in this week as well. A couple of three stars: Jeremiah Hughes out of Bishop Gorman uh, in Las Vegas, and the one local product in there, Ashton Stamps out of Archbishop Rummel. Uh, you know, in in that mix as well. So you're talking about you know eight players in eight days. They've done a, a whole lot of work, and they've vaulted. And look, I'm not I'm not going to profess to be somebody who's big in the stars who's big into rankings and things like that. I know a lot of other people are bigger into that than I am, but still it's a gauge for where you stand and what you've done. And, you know, LSU was sitting, you know, outside the top 25 on July 1st in terms of uh, where this recruiting class for 2023 ranked. And now all of a sudden uh, they're at number eight with 13 commitments having come in. So uh, Seeing a lot of progress, even had you know, even seeing some work done in terms of the class of 2024. You know, had a product coming in, uh, you know, saying that he, uh, you know, he was providing his verbal commitment uh, out of Jonesboro Hodge earlier this week. Xavier Atkins to go along with uh, Maurice Williams, a four-star uh, out of safety uh, out of Texas, who had committed back in June. Atkins is a linebacker uh, out of Jonesboro Hodge. And so, oh, again, you throw in you throw in Atkins. That is now nine commitments in the month of July for LSU, and it's July the ninth. So, uh, look, the the recruiting game has obviously changed quite a bit because of the transfer portal. Uh, don't forget this though. One thing that did happen along the way is those twenty five hard caps that you had. Uh, each year that has now gone away you can sign more than 25 that didn't the limit didn't change to you know 85 is still out there but you know you're going to lose guys to the portal and if there's that much movement in and out of the transfer portal then in reality without that 25 
uh, limit per year going away, it was going to be very hard, even with signing 25 high school players a year, to be able to keep up and stay in that, you know, close to that 85 number. Uh, more and more kids are not being redshirted. More and more kids are, are leaving early. So this gives you the opportunity now to be able to get the numbers that you need to be able to maintain a full roster. Tulane's been busy as well. They got a couple of commits in the month of July. Uh, Walter Samuel, uh, over the 4th of July weekend, the running back out of East Ascension, uh, committed. And then most recently, uh, yesterday, the, an athlete, Jermod McCoy, out of White House, Texas, uh, a three-sport guy, um, you know, who's played a lot of different places on the football field, could be a wide receiver. We'll see where Willie Fritz and staff end up projecting him. Uh, he committed yesterday. Tulane now has, uh, in the class of 2023, nine commitments in place. So, uh, you know, a lot of work being done on those fronts to, uh, you know, start to fortify what it is. And again, we, we talked about Saints not far off from, you know, from training camp, the LSU and Tulane and, and the other schools uh around the country will be getting back on the practice field less than a month from now. We're going to start seeing uh, a lot of talk about college football. We mentioned in the last segment, SEC media days uh, are a little over a week away. We've got here in New Orleans, we've got Sunbelt Media Day the following week. So we'll we'll hear a lot of news. And, of course, stay with us at Crescent City Sports, and we'll keep up with a lot of those things that are going on because, uh, you know, it's you know, we there's, there's a lot of different seasons in college football. You've got the actual playing season. You know, and you've got spring football. You've got recruiting season. You've also got, uh, you know, the the other, you know, the you know the 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 rubber chicken banquet season in there. I guess in, you know in December, right before you get to all of the uh, all of the bowl games. And the other thing you've got is you've got uh, you know you got talking season in there with all of these uh, with all of these media days getting ready to happen at the end of the month, and a, a lot of things to talk about uh, for all of these teams and. You know, the first chance we'll really get to hear from from Brian Kelly at an SEC Media Day comes a week from Monday. There will certainly be a lot of eyeballs on that and what he has to say. Of course, he won't be able to talk about, you know, what's just happened here in the world of in the world of recruiting, which is the immediate thing. But obviously, we'll talk about you know what's to come in the fall of 2022. And you know, don't forget now, LSU's football season starts the Sunday before Labor Day. Right here in New Orleans, Caesar Superdome against Florida State, a nationally televised game on ABC. Uh, and the folks at the Allstate Sugar Bowl who are organizing uh, this event, uh, the Louisiana kickoff, it interesting, they put out yesterday that Florida State has now bought all of their tickets. I, I'll be up front. I don't know how the tickets were broken out for this. Keep in mind, this is part of a two-year deal. They're going to play next year in Florida at a neutral site also on the Sunday night before Labor Day. So I would imagine the tickets are not a 50-50 split. It's probably more LSU than Florida State in the house this year. Next year will be the other way around. And look, I think it's an interesting concept, and I'm also glad to see that we're finally getting one of these games in New Orleans. We got it uh, you know, as a result of Hurricane Harvey at the last minute you know, a few years back. With uh, you know, with LSU and BYU, a late Saturday night game that was played in the dome, uh, that game had to be moved from Houston when they had so much flooding and devastation uh, in the wake of Harvey there. Uh, but to actually have one from jump here that's you know, been planned out and uh, you know 
helping bring people and ideally a sellout crowd to the Dome and bringing people, you know, to our city over Labor Day weekend, which has really become now a bigger college football weekend than it was previously, especially with the change in the NFL scheduling format with no preseason games anymore that weekend. Now that weekend can start on a Thursday in college football, carry you through to Labor Day. It's a great way for college football to really get the spotlight to start that season. Sure, will you still see some news in the NFL? Yeah, you have to have some, you know, some cuts finishing off and that sort of thing. So there will be some news coming out of the NFL on that Labor Day weekend, but that'll, that will be a, a terrific event to be able to spotlight here in New Orleans. Of course, Tulane opens on the Saturday against UMass, so uh, a lot of football activity going on uh, in the New Orleans area coming up on Labor Day. We owe you a break. we got more to get to. I, I want your feedback. Uh, if you had a chance to check out my story, CrescentCitySports.com, earlier this week about minor league baseball, and I will tell you a little bit more uh, about my visit to Alabama a few weeks ago and what I saw there. We'll get into that and more, and of course, your calls. 504 260-1061. Much more to come here on the three tailgaters. So Lenny Van Gilder, pinch hitting for Ken and Ed to take you through 12 o'clock. Stay with us. Much more to come right after this. We've all said it. Lord, give me strength to endure this mess that I'm going through. <laughs> this is Michael Green with a LifeGate word of encouragement. My prayer for you today is like the prayer Paul gave in Colossians 1 when he said, we pray that you will live well for the master making him proud of you as you work hard in his vineyard. As you learn more and more how God works, you'll learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have strength to stick it out over the long haul, not some grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It is the strength that endures the unendurable. Isn't that good news? The strength that helps you endure the unendurable. Join me and Linda this Sunday at LifeGate. We will continue in this word to encourage you. 1317 Butternut, we start at 10 o'clock. Check us out on Facebook at LifeGate Church Ministries. You'll be glad you did. This Sunday, LifeGate, where the priority is the word. Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day, Family owned and operated by a great local family, Bergeron Automotive at 3525 Veterans Boulevard in Metairie has the right vehicle at the right price at precisely the right time for you. From outstanding newly designed 2021 Dodge, Jeep, Ram, or Chrysler products, Bergeron Automotive has what you are looking for. Check out our expansive inventory at BergeronChryslerJeep.com or call 504-321-4217. To experience our idea of luxury, visit Bergeron Volvo on Vets in Metairie or online at BergeronVolvo.com today. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing.
skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code FREE for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's promo code FREE. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code FREE for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code FREE for a $5 bonus. I got to tell you, the Ford F-150 and I, well, we're kind of like family. Ford's the number one selling truck in America for 42 years, and Lamarck's the number one Ford dealer. So come get your number one truck from your number one dealer, Lamarck Ford, where everybody gets remarkable deals and service. And wait till you see what we've done and still doing to the big store in Kenner. We're using local money, not Wall Street money. Visit Lamarck.com for more details. Drive safely, my friends. Number one claim based on 2018 new Ford vehicle retail sales report, Memphis Region Zone E. I tend to second-guess dinners with friends because they're often interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon Pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints, call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit Creon.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N.com. Sponsored by Ab. Top service, locally owned, outstanding deals, conveniently located, professionals motivated to sell where the customer comes first. That describes the experience at Premier Automotive Group, where you'll find the best prices anywhere on Toyota, Honda, Nissan, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, and Kia. Premier Automotive offers a warranty for life on its vehicles and a money-back guarantee. Visit my friend Troy Duhon at one of his outstanding dealerships, Toyota of New Orleans, Premier Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Fiat, Premier Honda in New Orleans, Premier Nissan in Metairie, and Premier Kia in Kenner. Want to call an audible? Throw a flag? Call a technical? It's all good. Go for it now on a three tailgater show on 1061 Nash Icon, NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Call now, 504-260-1061. Money Van Gilder still uh, in the pinch hitter's role here for Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. We're out on assignment. We're with you until noon. Ken will be... Back with you for all access come next week. And then, of course, they will, Ken and Ed will be together once again next Saturday morning right here on Nash Icon 1061. I don't know if you had a chance to see my story this week at Crescent City Sports. I had a chance back in the uh, middle of June to pay a visit uh, to a new ballpark, a new minor league ballpark, uh, right outside of Huntsville in Madison, Alabama. And the, the story of what has gone on in Huntsville really got me uh, 
you know, got the wheels turning a little bit and realized, you know, what's happening here is not unlike the story of minor league baseball in New Orleans over the last 30 years. Of course, we got it back in 1993 and then lost it three years ago. You know, in Huntsville, they got it in 1985 and had it until 2014. And then the team that was in Huntsville uh, moved down, of all places, just an hour or so down the road from us here in Biloxi. And they did not have baseball for, uh, turned out to be six years up there, but really things got moving again in 2017 when a, a new group uh, bought the Mobile Bay Bears, uh, again, just down the road here, a couple hours. Uh, Mobile was struggling a bit, and um, they were looking at several options on where to move this team to, perhaps. One of which, by the way, was Baton Rouge. That was one of the locations they considered. But the thing that really caught their eye and came to pass was a mixed-use development that was being built outside of Huntsville in a suburb of Madison, Alabama. And if you've been up that way and you've taken I-65, maybe up towards Nashville and into Louisville and, and, and further up uh, you know, into the Midwest from there, uh, Huntsville is about 15 miles off the interstate, but Madison is kind of in between that on I-565. Well, this development is right on I-565. The ballpark is right there, and it's a, you know, it's about a 700-acre uh, development that's been built with the ballpark anchoring it, but it's got restaurants, it's got retail, it's got apartments, it's uh, hotels, it's got single-family houses, and it is incredibly well done, and an area in Huntsville that was averaging less than 2,000 a game for several years uh, in, in the final years before they ended up moving to Biloxi is now averaging better than 5,000 in opening and leading the Southern League in attendance. And the ballpark is terrific, and I think one of the things that they've figured out is some of the things that will work and making sure they have something for everybody there and uh, you know, creating some you know, some fun opportunities for people to be able to enjoy when they're at the ballpark. I had a chance to really have a great visit with Garrett Farman, uh, who's the executive vice president, general manager of what is now the Rocket City Trash Pandas. And Rocket City's kind of like, if you think of a regional name for that area in North Alabama, not unlike what we, you know, we call New Orleans the Crescent City. And I think everybody identifies with that. It could be some, if, if this were to happen here in New Orleans, it could be you know, a regional type name. Maybe it's just keep in mind, you know, look around this. Every other state around this has multiple professional baseball teams, minor and major league. And we have none in Louisiana. Of course, back when there used to be a team in Shreveport going even further back, used to be a team in Alexandria. You go even further back than, than that into the post-World War II years, you had basically a league and an evangelist league that was, was based out of Louisiana. But the, the point being, you have no minor league baseball teams in Louisiana. So that's not to say you couldn't call it Louisiana something, okay? Not unlike uh, what you have up in, uh, you know, up in the suburbs of Jackson, Mississippi. It's the Mississippi Braves that play uh, up in Pearl, Mississippi, right outside of Jackson. So uh, could it be the Louisiana fill-in-a-blank, whatever the case may be? Uh, but that was one of the points that um, – that Garrett Farman made. Look, you got a brand new ballpark that will get people in. 
a ballpark is not going to get people to keep coming back. It's going to be what happens in that ballpark that's going to uh, entertain the fans to be able to continue to come back. And honestly, you know, the time that I spent there, it reminded me a lot of the early days of Zephyr Field. And, and of course, the ballpark was new. But the other thing is you had a terrific staff in place led by Jay Miller you know, and his team that put on a great show at the ballpark every night that entertained the fans, kept people coming out. And a lot of things evolved over the 20 or so, over 20 years that the team played in the ballpark there. Did you have affiliation changes? Yes. Did you have management changes? Yes. Did you have ownership changes? Yes. Uh, Did you have a ballpark that really wasn't getting improved a lot along the way to kind of keep up with the Joneses? Yes. It was a confluence of factors that led to a deterioration of attendance. And I will also throw this in. When the ballpark opened in the first few years, you did not have NBA basketball in this market that took away some of the dollars that were being spread around out there for entertainment. So a lot of things happened along the way here, but I kind of pose the question, and I pose it here if anybody wants to you know, call chime in. I'd certainly like to hear your thoughts. Can New Orleans have, or Southeast Louisiana have minor league baseball again, and what would it take would it take a new ballpark? Would it take extensive renovations to uh, the last ballpark uh, to host it, now known as the Shrine on Airline? Uh, what does it, you know, what does it take out there to get it back? Obviously, you got to have a team. The other thing that's changed in minor league baseball uh, since it vacated the New Orleans market in 2019 is there. It now falls under the auspices of Major League Baseball. And the number of affiliated teams has been reduced from 160-plus down to 120, where every team has four. So you really need to get you, – you've taken a lot of the weak links out of there or moved them into other leagues, and now you need to find some city, some owner that is willing to sell a team to a group, presumably uh, with a New Orleans base, that would be willing – you know, take it on and see some of those renovations that need to be made or see a new facility through to be able to host it. Now, the concept of, of mixed use, you need a lot of land to be able to do that. And as we know, we're pretty landlocked in these parts. Does it mean if you wanted to do something like that, would it take trying to do something like that on the North Shore or maybe along the I-10 corridor between New Orleans and Baton Rouge uh, to go in and you know have somebody buy out a you know a, a, a large swath of land and try to build out you know some kind of uh, mixed-use community that that could be a boon from from a lot of fronts and what I saw at you know that night is you know a lot of activity going on and this is a development that for the most part has come up post-covid there there was it was in the works pre-covid but it's come up and, and really taken off uh, in the you know, in the 27, 28 months since uh, you know since we all learned what what COVID was back in March of 2020. So it's an interesting concept. And uh, look, if if you're one of those people that gets on the road and checks things checks things out, goes likes to see baseball, I would certainly encourage you to go check out what they've done in Madison. Uh, it is you know 
not just the ballpark, but everything around it. I, it's a, you know, it really is a magnificent facility, and it's very entertaining, and uh, it's it's a lot of fun to watch. And like you know, if if New Orleans is going to end up back in minor league baseball at some point, the Southern League seems like the place to be able to do it, and it would certainly uh, be a welcome sight to have it back. This time of year, again, we talked about this as kind of a you know that little bit of slow time out there where you're getting ready for football and you know college baseball has ended and you know just kind of that quiet time. It'd be great to be able to be be able to you know get the family and go see a minor league baseball game here in town this evening, wouldn't it? We owe you one last break. Back to wrap it up on this uh, Saturday edition of the Three Tailgaters again. Ken and Ed out on assignment. They will be back with you next Saturday. Lenny Van Gilder in the driver's seat for now. One more segment to come when we come back right after this on Nash Icon 1061. Since 1935, the All-State Sugar Bowl has been a proud New Orleans New Year's Day tradition. Through its annual support of college football and amateur sports, the Sugar Bowl attracts hundreds of thousands of visitors to the state, providing countless opportunities for young people. Resources from these events enable the Sugar Bowl to support education and community programs impacting thousands of New Orleans area teachers and citizens. The All-State Sugar Bowl, proud to host the best of the Big 12 and the SEC in the Superdome on New Year's Day. Conventional wisdom said we couldn't make a 400-horsepower sedan that's also a plug-in hybrid. At Volvo, we don't follow conventional wisdom. The all-new Volvo S60. Learn more at volvocars.com forward slash US. To experience our idea of luxury, visit Bergeron Volvo on Vets in Metairie or online at bergeronvolvo.com today. Life is where preparation meets the unexpected. Law enforcement will always be our primary focus, and we cannot do it alone. Join our family in the Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office. Our next training academy is October 17th. The deadline to apply is July 22nd. We would like you to help make a difference. JPSO prides themselves on making the parish safe for citizens and their families. Please go to JPSO.com to find out how to take the next step. This isn't just a career. You become part of a much larger family. This is Matt Crowder, live at the gas station on 41st Street, reporting on those skyrocketing gas prices. Excuse me, miss. Are you buying less gas now because of the high prices? Oh, I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. Well, does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow. Well, there you have it. Stop paying full price for gas. Download the free Upside app and get real cash back every time you buy gas. This is Matt Crowder Radio News Network. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code LOT for a $5 bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code LOT for a $5 bonus on your first tank. That's code LOT. 
Life Resources Ministries exists for showing men the way, building men to spiritual maturity, and preparing God's people for service. Life Resources Ministries has Bible studies in person and via Skype throughout the metro area, along with outreaches weekly on Wednesdays at Piccadilly Cafeteria on Clearview Parkway in Metairie. There are business forums and fellowship meetings as well. Life Resources also puts on major outreach prep breakfasts with national speakers up to four to five times per year. Visit us online at liferesources.net. Life Resources Ministries, leaders investing for eternity. Dell's Black Friday in July sale is here. Now's your chance for a refresh with savings up to $500 off select computers like the XPS and select Alienware systems, taking performance to the next level with Intel Core processors. Plus, shop special deals on top accessories. Great financing available with a Dell preferred account and free shipping. Upgrade today by calling 877-ASK-DELL. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Today on Hey Culligan, better water that cares. Jane's on the line. Hey Culligan, how can I avoid using all those plastic water bottles that harm the sea turtles? Jane, our always-on drinking water system helps eliminate the equivalent of 15 billion single-use plastic bottles a year. So, you see, Culligan cares about sea turtles, too. Aw, plastic pollutes and Culligan cures. That's catchy, Jane, and totally true. I'll take it, like now. Jane, we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test with a local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Last chance today, call the Three Tailgater Show at 260-1061. Back to Ken Trahan and Ed Daniels. Ken and Ed out on assignment. Lenny Van Gilder in for the rest of today. They'll be Ken and Ed will be back with you next Saturday on our next edition of the Three Tailgaters. And before we go, a couple of things. First of all, uh, on a on a somber note, uh, want to remind folks that uh, today is the uh, you know being here in Kenner uh, 40th anniversary of, uh, of of certainly a sad day in in the New Orleans area and Kenner in particular with the uh, with the Pan Am plane crash and uh, a lot of people this is certainly a difficult day having uh, lost loved ones or had their lives changed significantly with the uh, you know with the aftermath of that plane crash so, so encourage you to keep uh, the Kenner community and, and our and our area as a whole uh, in your prayers today on, on this 40th anniversary uh, of that uh, of that tragic plane crash. And uh, on a on a more positive note to to finish things out here, if you did not get a chance uh, Thursday night at CrescentCitySports.com or in person to watch the championship game of the Crescent City Sports uh, Prep Summer League, certainly encourage you to go back and do it. Uh, to go to CrescentCitySports.com right there, the the gold banner uh, right across the top of the page takes you to the takes you to the replay of the broadcast between uh, the River Ridge Patriots and Retief Oil. What an outstanding game! And it was a great way to end the uh, end the summer and, uh, and the inaugural league. And we at Crescent City Sports were certainly pleased to be a part of that. But uh, back and forth game. Uh, River Ridge led 4 nothing. Retief came back, scored seven unanswered runs. River Ridge came back and scored three in the top of the sixth to tie it, and then Retief uh, walked it off in the bottom of the ninth, scheduled seven-inning game, 8-7. to seven. Uh, Congratulations to, to Kenny Goodlett and his team for winning the uh, inaugural uh, Crescent City Sports Prep Summer League, and uh, also congratulations to Retief first baseman Hunter Ufnak, who was selected as the MVP of the championship series. He drove in two runs in the semifinals on Wednesday night and then four runs 
on a pair of two-run singles in the title game. So, you know, Retief scored 12 runs in two games, and he drove in six of them. So, certainly, hats off to him. But just some, some great performances all the way around, on the mound, at the plate, in the field, just a, a lot of really good baseball that we saw, particularly in the playoffs, but hey, all summer long. And, and the way this league is set up, everybody you saw on the field over the course of six weeks this summer will all be playing uh, for those high school teams coming up uh, in the spring. So uh, it's uh, it's all returning players, and it's, uh, you know, it's a lot to be optimistic about uh, on the high school baseball front in this area as you look ahead to 2023. Of course, as we look ahead to high school season, it starts with football in the fall. Our previews at CrescentCitySports.com continue uh, on a regular basis. The latest is uh, up uh, as of last night. Ken Trahan's preview uh, on Parkway. Uh, so up, up in the Shreveport area as they, uh, they look to have another big year, perennially outstanding program there. Uh, again, a reminder, Ken will be back with you for All Access uh, Monday night. And, uh, of course, Ken and Ed will be back in this spot next Saturday at 10. But, again, uh, thanks to them for allowing me to jump in here for the uh, for the final hour of their show while they were out on assignment. And uh, we look forward to hearing them again next Saturday. Our thanks as well to Rudy Dixon back in the studio and to Ross Jackson, uh, newest member of our Crescent City sports team, for joining us as well. So that's going to wrap it up for today. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everyone. Ken and Ed will be back next Saturday morning at 10 for another edition of the Three Tailgaters. Until then, I'm Lenny Van Gilder. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Three Tailgaters show on 106.1 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. The Three Tailgaters Show is presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. The Three Tailgaters Show is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics.